Reeves. Today's episode is brought to you by Naked Nutrition. Naked Nutrition provides you pure protein powders and supplements to help you meet your nutrition needs and your fitness goals. Naked Nutrition is completely transparent about the ingredients. That way you know exactly what you're putting inside your body. No additives means your body gets more of what it needs and I suggest checking out the grass-fed whey protein powder. Right now, you can get 10% off of your first purchase at NakedNutrition.com by using the code POD. And that's 10% off using the code P-O-D POD for the first time customers. Taking nutrition to the next level with Naked Nutrition. Now, enjoy the show. Hey, yo, what's up everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Weebcast, the number one anime and manga show on the internet currently out right now so if you're here listening to this pat yourselves on the back because not only you not only are you uh amazing special for even listening to this podcast but now you're technically my friend now you really and now you you can't change that now it's it's already official i've already got we're already getting matching tattoos so i hope you're ready for that but aside from there are matching our cool matching tattoos we are going to be discussing i guess i but I guess we, if you're listening, let's, we could take the discussion outside this episode as well. Uh, you could do that a few different ways, actually, now that I think about it. Because um, right now, we're going to be talking Burn the Witch um, on a f- on several different facets, to be honest. I'm going to be talking a little bit about the latest news about Burn the Witch and its continuation. I'm going to be reviewing um, the entire movie OVA three episodes thing. And then... Um, We'll see where we're at at the end of it, but um, like I said, we are going to be discussing Burn the Witch, and if you want to continue discuss- discussion after you listen to this uh, beautiful podcast, um, make sure that you hit me up on Base Empire on Twitter and Weebcast TV on Instagram, and also support, pledge to my Patreon, pledge to the show. Me and Bo would love it if you could. Um, it would mean so much to us, and it would help us grow the show so much bigger. Um, and yeah, Bo says hi. But yeah, definitely a pleasure to play on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash weebcast show. But um introduction. I mean look, hey, if this is your first time, um this is uh, this well, I'm calling myself Bo. What if this is your first time on the show, this is C dub aka Chris, aka Marie, aka the independent variable, aka still Mr. Drinking Water for the month of November, December. AKA Mr. Guy who has construction out just outside his house, so please ignore that sound if you hear it. If not, then dis- disregard that last AKA nickname then. But um, but like I said, yeah, we'll be talking about Burn the Witch, and I'm actually really excited. Um, and exclude and mainly just the anime. Um, but other than that, I want to talk at least uh, start this conversation off with a little bit of the news that came out been weeks it's been a few weeks now it's been a few weeks i'm pretty sure it was like mid-november um when this news came out but they were promoting the upcoming release of the burn the witch uh on blu-ray and dvd uh comic natalie is actually running a series of features on studio uh uh, clarito's anime ova so so far they are conducted interviews between the main voice actors uh the production staff um and now even taito kubo himself um and sitting across from director uh, Tatsuro uh, Kawano, the Bleach creator revealed some surprising truths, um, including the fact that Burn the Witch Season 2, unfortunately, 
might not be coming anytime soon. But before we get to that, let's let's start with Taito Kubo talking about in this interview about how Burn the Witch kind of first came about. Um, and like a lot of fans, you know, I think they were confused when it was announced that the 2018 one-shot would begin an anime adaptation. But Kubo explains a little bit on how this kind of uh, came to be. Uh, much like uh, uh, Mitsusoshi's uh, Shimabukuro and Kazui Takahashi, Kubo was asked to draw a one-shot for the Weekly Shonen Jump 50th uh, anniversary. Uh, but, you know, his editor uh, remarked that he wanted to see something related to Bleach. So Kubo thought, well, you know, he was kind of taken back at first, but eventually he settled on exploring the Soul Society West, West Branch. Um, and I got this quote, and this is his words directly, and I quote, Bleach's Shinigami actually operate in the East Branch of the Soul Society. So as soon as I brought out of that concept, I thought, if there's an East Branch, there must be a West Branch. But Bleach turned out to be quite a grand story, so there was no reason for me to touch upon it then. I had discarded it, but picked it up again this time around, end quote. Um, and then when asked by uh, Kamuno why the West Branch turned out to be in London, of all places, Kubo really couldn't come up with a concrete answer himself. He just thought that it would be... Uh, he just thought that London would be, you know, from the beginning. And Kamuno reckons that it might have something to do with both Britain and Japan being island nations. But, you know, who knows? Maybe that's the theory for another day. Uh, but producing Burn the Witch wasn't really easy. Because in the second part of the interview, uh, Taito Kubo and uh, Tatsuro Kawano discussed the development of the Burn the Witch OVA as an anime being developed before the manga was even properly... Uh, published it was always an unusual kind of production and and i think you know not only but yourself and myself we deserve a few answers on that so as it turns out kubo received the offer for burn the witch anime shortly after the initial one shot was released back in 2018 and was naturally taken back he, you know and i quote won't i have to write a continuation he thought but eventually decided to do so because you know he wanted to see the anime and at least he's honest. So initially, Kubo was asked to prepare, I think, around 100 pages to provide enough material uh, for one collected volume, along with the original one shot and as well provide the basis uh, for the anime. But uh, nevertheless, he was essentially given the go ahead by Weekly Shonen Jump to draw as much as he wanted. So he ended up making much more than what they required of him. And as of the time of, uh, as the time of this recording, at least of the story that I saw back in mid-November, um, there are four chapters of the series published. Um, but naturally, you know, producing an anime alongside an unreleased manga, you know, has its fair share of problems. You know, it's happened before. Uh, Full Metal Alchemist, for one. But, um, and the team at, at Studio Colorido received all the storyboards before they, they you know, went to press. But, they still had a few problems keeping things consistent with the original story. And one particular incident came during episode one when Noel's clothes are ripped during the fight with the Dark Dragon. Um, and that wasn't really originally depicted in the storyboard, but it was a feature of the finished manuscript. So initially, Kawano said that it, and I quote, might be impossible, end quote, to change it, given that episode one was already animated, but might end up putting in extra work to honor Kubo's original vision and all that. But... On the whole, however, Kubo essentially gave the team over at Studio Colorado free reign to do whatever they wanted, really. And 
he initially sought out Kawano for the project as he was young and unknown um, and liked his art. So that explains why there are a few, you know, very few, very, very small minuscule differences between the OVA and the uh, manga. But back to Burn the Witch Season 2. Um, and why, you know, and why is it not coming anytime soon? Um, but the last part of this Taito Kubo interview revealed that some surprising truths that like many others, I think, my, you know, yourself and probably myself included, was a little disappointed when we heard that Burn the Witch was only going to run for four chapters, but overjoyed when season two was announced shortly afterwards. But nevertheless, there were, that the excitement may have been a little preemptive. You know, Kubo was asked uh, by his editor to um, produce a couple of storyboards for season two um, to put it end at the end of the chapter in uh, Weekly Shonen Jump. But then his editorial department arbitrarily put coming soon <laughs> beside it. And, uh, and Kubo sounded generally annoyed when he said that it's not soon in the interview. Although who knows whether that this is for just comedic effect because, you know, I want to put it past Kubo. He's 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 kind of like that. Uh, but in any case, you know, Kubo speak, spoke directly to the fans at the very end saying it might not be so soon. And another reason why I like Kubo, he's pretty direct um, in his messages. So he's pretty much telling us just be be patient. It's coming. It's not anytime soon. But apparently he was a little annoyed at the response on Twitter and some other social media websites. Um, when people were saying he's already draw, starting to draw the continuation. So it's safe to say that Burn the Witch Season 2 might not be as close as we once thought. But it is what it is. But um, like I said, make sure you guys read Burn the Witch uh, via the Viz Media um, Shonen Jump, Weekly Shonen Jump app. It's cheap. I'm pretty sure it might be still free. If it's not... It was free for uh, for a few days at a time, all four chapters, but um, I'm not quite sure right now. I'm, I'm gonna have to check that at that on on break or whatever. But um, but you can read it on the Visi Media app. And I think it's like two dollars a month. Just get the app. Get the app if you want. If you like Weekly Shonen Jump, you love reading the the some of the most popular titles in Japanese comic book world. Get it. It's cheap. You're gonna love it. Um, but on the other side, on the other side of this ad, we're gonna be jumping right into. The Weebcast reviews Burn the Witch, the OVA. I'm going to go all about it. I'm going to go through his themes, his characters, and everything everything in between. It's going to be pretty extensive, pretty in-depth, at least if I do so say myself. So I hope you guys will stick around for that. Like I said, I'll be back in less than a minute. Just stick around. I'll be back for Burn the Witch, OVA review. Let me just be real with you guys. When you think of anime, you think of Crunchyroll. When you think of... Food delivered real fast, you think of Postmates. So, when you think of podcasting, what do you think of? Or at least when I think about podcasts, I think about Anchor. Anchor is the perfect place if you want to start your podcast. You can talk about all kinds of things. You don't just have to talk about some weave stuff that I talk about. See, in Anchor, there's a set of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right on your phone. It's crazy. And Anchor will actually distribute your podcast for you. It can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. You can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. All you have to do is just download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey, yo, welcome back. Thank you for coming back. Thank you for sticking around. 
let's get into some more weebcast i'm just going to jump right into the weebcast reviews burn the witch the ova um i've been waiting to do this since it's finished um just couldn't get around to it couldn't get the crowd because i had other things to do I had guests to get on wanted to do some collabs get some collabs set up and then our new then uh our new host joining the show uh, i'm trying to get everything try to get things set up for the patreon some some more new shows for the patreon even some possible new shows for the general public for you lovely people listening right now um so a lot of things got in the way of it but finally we we've made it we're here and i can finally review uh burn the witch the ova uh which had three which was a movie i guess but three episodes um of the action magic fantasy shonen genre uh studio clarito did it as did, was the uh production team responsible um and i think it premiered in early october 2nd of this year but the title and i think i guess this is not new news to anybody i don't think i'm blowing anybody's mind but the title burn the witch is actually a reference to the radiohead song by the same name and and taito kubo is actually pretty well known as a uh, fan of alt rock um and following the one shot of the manga released back in july of 2018 Burn the Witch has enjoyed a four-chapter serialization, often re- referred as to Season 1, as I said in the uh, first part of the show, with Season 2 announced to be on the way, but not too soon, though. So, um, And after the roller coaster of a journey that we had with Bleach, Kubo has followed up his supernatural shonen super-duper classic with a story about fairy tales, dragons, and things in between. So... What goes into a Taito Kubo fairy tale, you ask? But uh, let me get, let me tell you, um, the story, to set it up. And before, like I said, I should have said this at the top. Um, this will have spoilers. So, you know, if you haven't read or watched *Burn the Witch*, um, what the hell are you doing listening to the show? Look, I love that you're listening to the show, but do that. It's only four chapters. It's only three episodes. Do both, one or the other. I don't care. Um, just watch it, read it, and then come back, and then you can listen to what I gotta say. But the story uh, follows Nini Sprinkle and Noel Nihashi, two witches working for the Wind Bi- Wing Bind, and, and it's an organization affiliated with Bleach's Soul Society, tasked with the protection and, conserv- and conservation of dragons in Reverse London, a realm mirroring um, the city of London located in its hidden side. Um, and citizens of Reverse London are well aware of the existence of, of dragons here. And it's an important note here that it's set two years after the last chapter of Bleach. Um, And the Burn the Witch one-shot has been adapted and released in the form of a three-part movie, like I said, which sets in the motion of the Bleach 20th anniversary project, commemorating the manga's 20th year um, in 2021. So we can ready to finally see the Burn the Witch, well, the uh, Thousand Word Blood War arc animated next spring. Cannot fucking wait. Um... As well as a spinoff era, which is classic, and it's, which is another thing, but it, I, like I said, I think I already told you guys, but I want to do an episode on spinoffs, because, God, it's been the year of spinoffs, and next year is just going to continue that as well, but Burn the Witch is Bleach's highly anticipated successor, so we figured, you know, I figured that, why not pick it apart, and, and, uh, I'll give it, I'll give it the, the official Weebcast stamp, its verdict, um, at the end, um, I guess well, the next part I want to go into is the themes and and the themes of the of this project. As I take an unprofessional sip, 
haven't done that in a while, have I? But fairy tales. Um, fairy tales are bullshit. It's always some girl getting a spell cast on her that turns her into a princess, getting to wear a pretty dress, pretending to choose some hot guy and being chosen herself. Not to mention the spell randomly breaks in the middle of it all. Lame, right? Like, are you serious? The spell just breaks randomly? You're all fools. None of you know the real reason why the spell breaks. If magic only works on fools, I'd rather be the one casting the spell. And I love that opening. Opening with such an interesting quote is something we all saw, that we also saw in the pilot of Bleach. And, and it serves as a nostalgic glimpse into Kubo's narrative style here. Because um, these words are the very first thing you hear being said in Burn the Witch. Nini, the uh, celebrity, is being pursued by overly enthusiastic reporters during her cynical monologue um, before her, um, I think before using her phone's incredibly bright flash to blind her pursuers and just run into an empty alleyway. Um, and, and that's where Nini uh, pulls out her, pulls out a coin fashioned with an insignia marked with the letters SSWB and a blinding light, blinding blue light appears on the ground below her like a portal to another realm. Um, and the scene changes to show the other protagonist, Noel Nihashi, engaged in the pursuit of a strange deer-like winged beast. And uh, Noel casts various spells using her pipe, which is also fashioned to be a type of gun, um, and fired a projectile of magical energy among other nifty magical things. Um, and at this point, Nini appears in a similar uniform to Noel. Um, and her, interu her interu interruption being what helps Noelle subdue the creature in the end. So, And the fairy tale theme is very interesting and it sets up Bird the Witch for a lot of world building in the future, uh, which is awesome for us. Nini's cynic cynicism regarding the concept is a great narrative work because of the subversion of what it does to the contemporary understanding of the word or the phrase fairy tale. And I'm talking, and I'm not talking about the uh, subpar anime, but of the same name, <laughs> which is often referred as watered down stories that often have a happy ending. Um, and the, na the names of the seven most destructive dragons in Burn the Witch history are based off the folk tale folk tales of Cinderella, Snow White, Little Red Riding Hood, and many others. Um, with the dragon Cinderella making an appearance in the second episode. The fairy tale theme also kind of correlates with the magical realm of the reverse London, uh, where witches and wizards are just commonplace. So the theme is central to the film, and it really makes makes good on it by introducing us to the basic lore and setting up things for the future. Um, next is the magic. Uh, my probably my favorite part uh, of the of this Burn the Witch project, um, and the Burn the Witch features witches, wizards. In the very first episode here, we see both Nini and Noel use magic number incantations, which are kind of like keto in the in the parent universe of Bleach. But on top of the magic spells, the world of Burn the Witch also has various dragon species with all unique appearances, abilities, and quirks. The magic in Burn the Witch is yet to be sufficiently explored as of yet, uh, which is part of the small yet important overreaching issue with issue, issue with the film just self-contained uh, it does not tell it doesn't really tell us enough about the burn the witch side of the bleach verse you know magic has never really been explained in the system 
as a system in Burn the Witch, leaving much, much, much to be desired, especially in comparison to Bleach. But, you know, however, however, we also understand that the Burn the Witch film is an adaptation of a one-shot, and, you know, which really can't expect to get conclusive real world building that way. But, like Bleach, Burn the Witch features a branch of Soul Society that is run pretty similar to the Gote 13, with various squads tasked uh, with different aspects of wingbind uh, dragon handling. Um, which brings us to the next part, the dragons. In, in episode one, we're, we're kind of guided by the calming and unknown voice of a narrator who sets up the scene for us in this world. And in this world, dragons are terrifying beings that have been the cause for at least 72% of all deaths in London since ancient times, um, which is baffling. And un unauthorized contact with dragons have been outlawed via the Dragon Contract Prohibition of 1609. Um, and if a human is to break this law, they face a 100-year prison sentence of death. Um, and only those with the necessary qualifications can make contact with a dragon. Um, those who lack such qualifications face accumulating a substance in their bodies known as Dractoxin, Dracotoxin, Dractoxin. I like Dractoxin. I like that better. Which turns them into a dragonclad um, if it's concentrated enough in their bodies. And these, the dragon's influence has even led to them, led to their featuring on their city's coat of arms. Be it as that many citizens of the so-called Front London do not know that the existence of dragons. You know, while their existence and influence is common knowledge in the magical realm of Reverse London, um, not so much in just the regular public of London. But we briefly see the Wingbind HQ, where other witches and wizards can be seen, you know, donning similar outfits to Ninny and Noel. Um, Balgo Parks is one of the characters who introduces the dragon-clad uh, aspect, uh, concept here. And he hangs comically from a string tied to his dragon Dogo, Dogo Oshu, uh, Os Osushi, which shows how varied the concept of dragons can be in Burn the Witch, which with many dragon types making an appearance, and many more probably, um, eventually whenever we get season two. But, you know, dragons are the most fleshed out aspect of Burn the Witch as the over arching antagonist of the story but most also the most diverse faction we have we have been introduced to thus far um while, while there isn't really much need to be explained further such as the dragon clad from that perspective the film could have had a little bit more concrete explanation on on much of the jargon uh most of which has been has to be picked up in context uh which is usually fine um but I think for for spinoffs and for definitely loose continuations, I think some of it should have never been picked up in context. But like I said, it's it's hard to it's hard to to judge this, uh, judge this movie or this OVA, which is based off a of one shot back you know from two years ago, um, over two years ago at this point. But but you know, like I said, I'm being just a little bit hard on it. But I did want to go into the characters next. Um, and I want to start with, let's see, production team. While well, I take a sip, can you guys choose a character for me? <coughs> oh, Ninny? Okay. Okay, let's go with the 
Nene, yeah, she's the uh, abrasive one. You know, ambitious, cynical. Um, half of the protagonist duo, which, whose attributes make her the story's red ogre. And she, you know, she's pretty ambitious of, of joining the Inks, you know. The division led by Bruno uh, Bang, Bang Knife. Bang Knife? I don't, let's say that, right? And her division, her I mean, her disdain for fairy tales is yet to be fully explained. And I'm really excited to see whenever we get that down the line. That may be a little bit down the line, but I can't wait for it. Because I think, I think Kuba with some bright playing, I think it's going to really do wonders with that, uh, with her backstory. Uh, but Nini's position is rather unique. Granted her celebrity and witch status. Um, areas which can be considered to be in the realm of fable. For a lot of people so it's really it really kind of does bring a nice contrast to her beliefs and her social standing and her how the public views her um we later come to know that her band uh cecil died twice had a falling out with the former mayor uh, former member uh macy belger who was introduced as the apparent front london born handler of a rare dragon Later, be later to be revealed, one of the uh, seven mythical dragons called the Marchen. Um, I think that may be pronouncing that wrong, so don't crucify me, please. But the hypothetical enemies of the humanity, the names of which are based on famous uh, fairy tales. Um, now the babe, one of my favorites. It's going to be. It, she's quickly rising up the ranks as everybody's next waifu. That's Noel. Uh, Mirihashi, um, the detached, the aloof, other half of the protagonist duo in the Burn the Witch, Noel Mirihashi, it's the blue ogre to Nini's red. She's stoic, serious, it's hiding a serious love for anime, chef's kiss, um, and cute dogs like Osushi. Um, we only ever see her lose her composure at the end of the third episode. When Osushi asks her to show him her panties, with Balgo clearly having rubbed off uh, on him. And she's more cheerful at home um, than she is on the job. Um, which sounds like, I don't know, like every other working man and woman on, you know, on the planet Earth. But unlike Nitty, Noelle cares about the money. She's about the cash money. She's about them Benjamins. Um, then she does, and she really didn't care about the fame and all that all that frivolous stuff you know um and she makes it which causes her to recklessly just complete missions you know we just have that one thing on mind and i think we've all been there i think when at least people who've been in the working for working force and all that stuff when you just really focus on the money you're just looking at the end result and no matter how you get there or no matter how you get the job done you just wanted to get it done because you know on the back end you're going to be rewarded so yeah, it's got its ups and downs. I didn't want to talk about another character other than apart from the uh, the protagonist duo, and it's Balgo Parks. I'll be brief, but after being in contact with dragons for too long, Balgo Parks gained uh, dragonclad status, which grants him the ability to see them. And Balgo's kind of like bait for dragons. However, he runs the risk of attracting immensely dangerous ones, and for that reason, he falls under the protection of Wingbind, and his Dragonclad status is not quite, not quite well explained yet, but a continuation of Burn the Witch will allow for such details in the future. Um, now onto the art and the animation. 
um, so we can, because I think now this is the part where I'm going to shower a little bit of praise on Studio Clarito because they definitely deserve it here on this project. They need to commend, they really need to be commended on the art and animation direction and the aspects of Burn the Witch because all three episodes look absolutely wonderful and beautiful. Burn the Witch can be criticized for the flat color look that it has and, you know, perhaps we might have been pining for a sense of crisp, crisp, crispness and some depth, um, you know, that we could see in, in the latter stages of the Bleach anime. But, you know, however, there's still moments in the studio Clarito in which moments in which uh, the studio Clarito shows off and like the intense battle against the dragon Cinderella. It's kind of it's appealing to the eye, honestly, and perhaps in time we will see Burn the Witch animation that really told you know that makes us gasp in awe. Um, and I do think I think we're gonna get a when we do get the season two and we definitely get more continuation, get more animated. Season two gets animated. Um, I do I foresee that we're probably gonna get another animation company work done on this. Um, look. It, it, and it, and I say that because look, we saw Attack on Titan change animation companies after three seasons with Studio Wet handling three seasons and then Mappos going to handle the fourth and final season. This has only been three episodes. An OVA, movie, whatever you want to call it. And Studio Grillo did a great job, don't get me wrong, but no one's going to miss it. I mean, I don't think people are going to be pining for Studio Grillo to do the season two animation. Um, if we, if, you know, if they decide to step back or, you know, another production team wants to do it as well. So I want to be, don't, don't be surprised if we get news somewhere down the line sometime down next year when season two is officially announced and we get some, we hear rumblings that a, I don't know, production IG, Studio Wit, Madhouse, Mapo wants to take over, uh, animation for Bird and the Witch, um, but let's get into my the Weebcast anime verdict here. Burn the Witch is fun, it's exciting, it's visually appealing, but it, yeah, some parts of the story felt undercooked. Um, you know, and look, I like my meat rare, I like my meat medium rare, but that's what some of some parts were just a little raw, and particularly in reference to the lore, the magic, the dragon clad. And as well as the world of Reverse London, we've only seen just but a glimpse. And despite the lack of explanation that the film would give us at times, it is worth noting that this is just this is just the beginning, and there is more bound to come. Uh, perhaps as more Burn the Witch is produced, some of our burning questions and quiet curiosities will be finally answered. Um, now, do I recommend Burn the Witch? Do I want it? This do I want to stick around and see how it unfolds? The answer is a is an undeniably yes to both of them. Uh, but tell me, what was your favorite part of the Burn the Witch? Make sure that you uh, maybe you can drop a comment on my Instagram at Webcast TV, or you can uh, tweet at me at Based Senpai on Twitter. So, because I want you guys to tell me your thoughts. Um, now, I want to do. I still want to talk about some Burn the Witch. And on the other side, I'm going to talk a little bit about the the the, the duel or the like the, the 
how should I put this? I want to talk a little bit more about the world building and the kind of where Shonen is evolving into this dual protagonist um, setup for a lot of animes. Um, I won't spend too much time on it, I hope, but stick around. I hope you enjoyed my Burn the Witch review, but I got a little bit more Burn the Witch I want to talk about, I want to get into briefly and kind of t wrap everything up at the end. Um, so stick around, get some water. I know I'm going to give me some more water, give me another drink because, um, you know, this month has been hard for me, but I'm, I'm surviving. I'm surviving. So um, definitely stick around and I'll see you on the other side. Welcome back to Weavecast Reviews, Burn the Witch, um, a project that I've been working on for just a few weeks now and honestly should have done, like I said, a while ago when it ended um, late last month, I believe. Um, but on this little section, uh, and if you haven't, if you're jumping in about this far into the review, well, why first? But And secondly... Um, you should rewind a little bit back and check out what I think about the, what I think about the, the, the OVA, what I think about Burn the Witch and themes, plot, characters, and everything in between. Um, I go pretty in depth on this one. Um, and I want to do more of these. I definitely want to do more reviews moving into the future, but also sprinkle in some, uh, obviously guest, guest appearances and sprinkle in some, the 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 more detailed type of projects more just topics you just don't see in other shows and other places and, and things of that nature um especially like um next week's episode a little sneak peek doing a little bit of code geass not really a review but um shake i'm gonna shake up things for next week's episode about world code geass mainly on delouche um but it's, it'll be interesting it'll be better it'll be better than all those other lists and and all those Wikipedia facts that you see on 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 whenever you search up you know anime facts and all that stuff. I will single handedly change the game on anime facts, anime information next week when I do my Code Geass Luge um, episode. But be on the lookout for that next for next week. But for right now, I just want to wrap up and just kind of talk about just the dual nature. Or the, the the nature of dual protagonists, uh, especially in shonen's. Uh, real short. Um, this could be a whole episode on its own, but I wanted to talk about in relation to just burn the witch, and the seeding of headstrong, good-natured main characters in shonen has not changed that much over the years. However, in recent times, the characteristics of the classic shonen protagonists have changed to match then an emerging trend of not having just one but two or more characters that are the story's protagonist in their own right um and i think one of the best one of the more better examples and one of the more recent examples is Beastars with legacy and and louis um it doesn't quite feel that way in the beginning but it as the time as time progresses and more emphasis is put on on louis in as the series goes on especially after that first arc with bill um you really kind of see that Beastars is really focused on two pivotal characters um, of, on two separate sides of the spectrum entering different worlds at the same time and being changed by those worlds. Um, 
But like I said, I've talked about that already on my P-Stars review. Make sure you guys check that out and what I thought about the ending and just the series in general. Um, but you never know. B-Stars may reach, may get on back on the, on this, on the podcast at some point in time. You never know whether it's going to be talked about glowingly about from myself or thrashed and trashed by my co-host Bo. But in this case, in Burn the Witch, you know, having multiple main characters is really nothing new, man. However, the positioning of the two central narratives as far as characters are concerned is pretty unique to Shonen. You know, rather than commit to fully to a single character, a lot of new waves shown in anime such as Black Clover, My Hero Academia, and most recently, the adaptation of Taito Kubo's Bleach spinoff, Burn the Witch. Now, how do Shonen anime characters, you know, anime interact with dual protagonists? In what ways is positioning Burn the Witch protagonist Nini Sprenko and Noel Niyashi a reflection of the mainstream dual protagonist dynamic in Shonen anime? I know it's a mouthful, but we're going to find out. Um, whether it's a blue ogre or red ogre, they're different, but also pretty much the same. And whenever there's a rivalry in a close friendship or partnership or even a romantic relationship in anime, there tends to be an assumption of an opposing yet synergistic traits. You know, zooming in on shonen anime specifically, there, there tends to be a polarization, and it's a conflict in which the main character's traits are directly contrasted by those of another character, often positioned to be their rival in some capacity. Goku has Vegeta, Naruto has Sasuke, Ichigo has Uru, and of course, Nini has Noel. Um, the new wave of shonen has kind of turned the old rivals turned friends trope into something a little different it's really a phenomenon we that i've seen been dubbed as the red ogre and blue ogre um and now i i i will admit that when i use the term i i would use them because i think i like toriko and toriko had um and people who don't know toriko was a another kind of a watered down <laughs> or at least the anime was a watered down shonen piece with the main character Toriko, but it had an interesting world building, and, and I really hope we'll see it again sometime in the future. I, I doubt it, but it would be really nice to see that world expanded upon. Um, and the main character Toriko had a red ogre and a blue ogre um, residing him, and kind of his dual nature as a hunter, a eater. You know, it's just maybe if you might check it out, you might, you might like it. But and their contrasting ways of seeing the world creates a lot of conflict. Um, between them and however this is kind of an understanding on a much deeper level than than they much you know they are much more similar than they are different but the basic idea uh, is that the two characters are positioned as the main characters of a story and everything about them is at odds with the or with the other so however recent anime has had these characters presented as faded friends faded enemies or both somewhere in between such as Black Clover characters, Asta and Yuno. Um, the phenomenon gets its name from the reference um, Aononi and Akaoni, Red Ogre and Blue Ogre myth. While various elements from the story do not lend themselves to our use in the name to identify this phenomenon in shonen anime, but it still offers a pretty much a quick snapshot of, of into what we mean by new wave shonen dual protagonists. And while their differences are what highlight their characterization, as well as the dynamic that emerges between them, as well as, you know, dual protagonists offer shonen anime a chance to explore what is often a vast and colorful world from the perspective of more than just a single character. Uh, there, there's the idea that 
a mutual understanding between the red and blue ogre, regardless of what the other layers that define their relationship. So we should start with one of the ogres. Um, and in this case, it's going to be Ninny Sprankle. Um, our first main character to burn the witch story is, is the idol Ninny Sprankle. And on the surface, she is an aloof, you know, singer of Cecile Don't Die Twice, a band with a large following. But however, in reverse London, Ninny Sprankle is a witch working for a wing bind. And her personality is rude, abrasive, and loud, um, but also stubborn to a fault, you know. And her personality is possibly the extinction of a latent cynicism about the world she inhabits, exhibited by her attitude towards the fairy tales, as we uh, spoke earlier on the episode. And the first thing we hear Nini say is pretty much that fairy tales are bullshit, which is, you know, quite striking considering her position in areas that would be considered the realm of dreams, you know, her status as a renowned singer and as a witch. Um, and we are immediately positioned to understand Nini Sprinkle as the Red Ogre in this case. And a protagonist pairing in Burn the Witch because Red is association with extroversion, passion, enthusiasm, defiance, wildness, uh, determination. All of which are true with Nini's characterization. Uh, blonde hair has consistently been considered the mark of a Yankee. Um, a visual characterization of delinquent anime characters. And this is not lost on us because Nini Sprinkle feels like another character from my earlier Taito Kubo work. The hot-headed, rude, abrasive, loud, bleached delinquent character, uh, Sadugaki Hiyori. Um, now onto the Blue Ogre. Now we have Noel Miyahashi. Uh, Brenda Quitch's second main character is Noel as stoic to a fall. I mean, we don't see her smile once in the Brenda Quitch's uh, runtime, which pretty much says it all, really. You know, her approach to everything is calm, calculated. In fact, the only time we ever, we are certain that Noel saw any kind of drop of color on her emotional canvas is towards the end, uh, when she tries to smite Balgo Park's mascot-elect dragon Dogo Osushi. Um, when he learned his owner's disgusting habit of sexually exalting Noelle by, uh, what was it, asking her to show him her panties. And, and she's usually always calm, always collected, and does things by the book, you know, in stark contrast to Nanny. Noah is not a famous star, and even her character design reflects her introverted, almost gloomy personality. Uh, Kudere characters like Noelle are often gained, granted internal contrast as well. You know, her stoic and deadpan handling of most situations lies in the stark contrast of her relatable obsession with anime and Japanese culture. Yeah, so, I mean, Noelle's a weeb like us. So, and as well as her fondness of just cute animals as seen in her initial reaction interactions with the Osushi, um, her reserved nature makes her water to Nini's fire uh, and burn the witch's resident blue ogre. Um, and finally, you know, just to wrap everything up with my with Weebcast burns the witch. As as you said, we want a little bit back to hear my my verdict. Um, not too long, not too long bit ago for, on this episode. But like I said, burn the witch is a new age shown in ex, in execution and in writing. But however, the fact that the series is intimately connected to the Bleach universe solidifies its shonen status just in a different way. For one, dual protagonists allow the author, like Kubo, to explore various ways of creating protagonists who can check different but very important boxes. You know, the Red Ogre Nini is our classic, ambitious shonen hothead who wants to be greater and do greater, while the Blue Ogre Noel seems to be a calmer protagonist that is content with life as they have it, like Kurosaki Ichigo, you know. But 
I want to know who's your favorite dual protagonist pair in, in anime. Drop a comment below. Drop a comment, not below on this video. Can you actually, depending on where you listen to this podcast, I'm pretty sure you can. You can pretty much do that. But be a lot easier to hit up on the Twitter out based senpai and on Weebcast TV on Instagram and let us know what you think. Um, also bother Bo as much as possible. Um, just just fill up fill up my co-host's um, feed as much as possible because it'd be really funny. Um, like I said, all that will be in the description below. But thank you for tuning in into Weebcast Reviews, Burn the Witch. Um, expect more of these. I'm going to do bring some more reviews to um, the main show here and kind of do some do some of the special ones, the more uh, some of the other ones that I, you know, maybe people who have requested and I'll keep those on Patreon, but there'll be some kind of a split. Um, but thank you for joining me. Um, like I said, follow the social medias in the um, description. Make sure that you rate and subscribe to this podcast, wherever you may be listening to this podcast. Um, give us five stars. You know, that'd be really appreciated. Good. Tell me how you like the show. Where should it improve and all that good and juicy stuff. And also support the podcast if you can at Weebcast. Uh, no, sorry. Do that at patreon.com forward slash Weebcast show to pledge to the Patreon. Me and Bo would very greatly appreciate that if you could um, to improve equipment, to get better guests on, just improve the quality of the show. But this has been C-Dub, a.k.a. Chris, a.k.a. Marie, a.k.a. the independent variable, a.k.a. my water challenge is almost up. Um, by the time actually you're probably listening to the episode, it probably will be go- pretty much all done. And I have hopefully will have succeeded. But um, thank you for allowing my voice into your ears and into your homes. This has been C-Dub, and I'm out of 3,000. See you.